0: It was the movie that made me realize that Russell Crowe is just early 2000s version of Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) (laughs) Hear me out. They're both Australian.
1: Welcome to Blind Spotters, a movie podcast about the movies we've missed. I'm Zach Pocklib, and today on the show, it's a special bonus episode. We're doing a one way swap with a special guest, a man whose name has been mentioned on the podcast several times, lover of rom coms and Denzel Washington movies alike, and most importantly, my best friend, Bo Sison. Bo, welcome to the show. Hey, Zach, thank
0: you for having me. Happy to be here. It's my first podcast ever, so this is a high honor to be
1: here. And you know what? Thank you for uh, rolling out the red carpet here at the studio. Doing our first in person pod uh, in the podcast's history. So, uh, already making your mark in Blind Spotters history. It's also hilarious because we've been friends for our whole lives. And now we're doing this, uh, I don't know, on mic. So, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> we've been circling this for a while. But before we get into um, the movie we swapped, uh, why don't you introduce yourself in Blind Spotters fashion and describe your movie taste?
0: Yeah. So, my movie taste is movies with heart. What that means is, like, not just good feel-good movies. I love a good feel-good movie. But movies that you wouldn't think would be feel-good movies that have a redeeming
1: quality to them, um, those are the movies I love. When you think of those, what are the first ones that kind of pop up for you, either that you've seen recently or just the formative ones?
0: My definition of a feel-good movie is is the movie about time, and it's my number one. And then the ones that you wouldn't think are feel-good movies, I would say... A lot of the Marvel movies have this, where yeah. they didn't like set out to be a feel good movie, but they have a redeeming quality to them. Obviously, like if it's Iron Man, you have Robert Downey Jr., who's the heart himself. Mm-hmm. But you look at someone like James Gunn, and he makes these movies. No one thought Guardians of the Galaxy would be this highly emotional <laughs> friendship movie, and it turns out to be like we cried six times in the last one. So, yes. <laughs> so, um, so that's what I mean with movies with heart. Is you know the movie doesn't have to be a, good, a happy ending, although you know. I love the it happy helps. ending movies. Yeah. yeah, especially with these rom-coms. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then we also start every episode by discussing what we've been watching lately. So, um, Bo, why don't you tell me what you've been watching lately?
0: I just got Letterbox like last year, so it's, it's been really. My, it was a really big changed. moment for me <laughs> yes. to actually
1: have a person
0: I knew on Letterbox <laughs> for once. My life has been changed by Letterbox. Anyway, um, so I've been, I've been, I've been going hard. You know, the grind is never stopping. <laughs> April was a huge month for movies. I watched like. I think there was like 16 or 18 movies on there.
1: And what I and my and my partner Dev love about your Letterboxd account is we can tell when you're on a particular kick, whether yes. it's a Denzel Washington <laughs> kick or um I think Steven Spielberg was a kick you went on if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, the the journey I've been on is you know what? I'm really into movies right now and I I feel like a lot I've never seen. I haven't seen all these quote-unquote classic movies. So I was trying to um familiarize myself with Steven Spielberg. I'm on Christopher Nolan kick a little bit right now. Um, Martin Scorsese, which those are not hard movies, like they don't have a lot of heart in them, <laughs> but they're still good movies. Um, One could argue against that, but we'll we'll have that discussion well, later. Steven Spielberg for sure, but yeah. um, but more recently, I so I went hard in April and I was like, all right, I got to take a break. So I've been watching a little bit more shows now because I have to catch up on my shows. So Ted Lasso, I'm on that. Obviously, if you want to talk That's about a show with heart, want to talk sure. about a show with heart. Um, I've watched this show called Beef. Um, it's on Netflix with Steven Yeun and Ali Wong. Mm-hmm. It's actually really well done and really well written. Yeah. Stephen uh, Ewan, one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's the best. He's so good in it. And I've also been still on my movies every other week. So, Dead Poet Society was one. Man,
1: what do you think of Dead Poet Society?
0: So, <laughs> I love Robin Williams. Of course. And he's amazing in it. Um, I knew it was good. And my wife remembered liking it. So, we watched it and um takes a dark turn.
1: Teal! <laughs> my son! Teal! Oh,
0: <laughs> uh, Red Foreman. Gotta love him. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, I forgot that was Red Foreman.
0: Yeah. As Red Foreman, uh, you know, I don't know his name in the movie. He's, okay. he's, he's He's not a great guy. Oh, yeah, The Mom. Oh, God. Um, it, take, it takes a very dark turn. And to my point of movies with the redeeming qualities, it for me, it didn't really redeem at the end. It was just like, mm. all right, we're all sad now. <laughs> so that being said, uh, what's his name in it? The guy from House. I forgot his name. Um, he's a great, he's great. The in doctor? It. No, no, no. That actor who plays Neil is in House. I forgot oh, his name though. Oh, Robert. I you were something. Thinking, but he's not Dr. House. No, no, no. Oh. no, no, no. <laughs> I That's PLR. Like, yeah, swear yeah he's, not. he's House's best friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, Ethan Hawke, he's great in it.
1: Yeah. Um it's a movie that is more redeeming on rewatch because then one, you're not hit with the sneaky gut punch yes. of Neil. Um, and two, you can just appreciate uh all the really uh big and informative, like Tumblr esque. Quotes that Robin Williams drops in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really good.
0: What that re- movie reminded me of, and I watched it there right after. You know a lot about writing and poetry. My wife was an English minor in college, so I'm surrounded by it a lot, but I don't really un- understand it. But I'm like, oh, yeah, a lot of profound stuff being said here. And, I, you know, I'm sure it's good. <laughs> so I actually rewatched um, Stuck in Love, oh, which is a yeah, movie yeah. about family writers. One of
1: my early favorites and unfortunately pretty formative.
0: It, yeah. <laughs> and upon rewatch, not that great, but I still I still like it.
1: I remember that it hurt looking at her hurt, you know, just Matt Wolfe dropped bars. I had to keep reading. What's funny and we'll talk more uh about just rom-coms in general, but uh that's the first Greg Kinnear movie I watched. Yes. And so I didn't know him from like You've Got Mail, which is right. what I should have known him from. Right. Um but instead he was the dad from Stuck in Love. Watching him in You've Got Mail though, after seeing him Stuck in Love, I was like, "Oh, I love this guy." My headcanon is that his character in You've Got Mail Breaks up with Meg Ryan and then becomes the dad in Stuck in Love because he's a writer. I love, I
0: love, oh, yeah. He is a writer. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It's all connected. I love it. Um, all right, Zach. So what have you been watching lately? Um, I'll just run through it really quickly. Uh, I recently watched Showing Up, the new Kelly Reichardt joint um, starring Michelle Williams uh, and Andre 3000. It was really great to see him on screen. Wow. Four brothers. Yeah, you know what? Great (laughs) shout. He was also in uh, White Noise last year. Good movie. Probably Kelly Reichardt's funniest movie. I got to watch it at the Beverly Theater in downtown Las Vegas. If you're in Vegas, you should 10 out of 10 go check out a film there. Very solid popcorn and great candy selection. On the polar opposite of the spectrum, I watched Face Off for the first time. Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, classic 90s action movie, also known as the overacting Olympics. (laughs) Um, Nicolas Cage in the 90s. What a entity um and then the last movie i watched recently uh is modern romance albert brooks kind of romantic-ish comedy more comedy than romantic um i i enjoyed the heck out of that uh, i need to watch more albert brooks movies albert brooks is the voice of uh nemo's dad Ah, uh, <laughs> wow have you seen broadcast news no i've heard of it no, oh, okay I, that's another one okay. that he's in um so that's what i've been watching but let's talk about what we're uh swapping today it's less of a swap and more of a one-way transaction and uh beau you watched when harry met sally for the first time Um, yes a person who loves rom-coms this is one of the most formative ones but before we get to the actual breakdown what makes for your ideal rom-com
0: good chemistry with the characters Mm -hmm. which should be good chemistry with the actors like they play off each other well funny best friends that's where usually the comic really comes from and they're always like <laughs> Especially these early 2000 movies, they're like, oh, he's in that? And yeah, then like yeah, he's like yeah. famous now or an Avenger now. I don't know.
1: Um, <laughs> Mostly Avengers.
0: A redemption arc where they end up together. And like I said earlier, like the, the feel goodness of rom coms, uh-huh. I feel like is a must in rom coms because if it's not, it's really like
1: you want to end it dark. <laughs> That's weird. <you> know? <laughs> and there's different subgenres within the rom com world, right? There's yeah. like enemies to lovers. There's. Um, best friends to, to lovers there's forbidden love or, you know there, there's all these little uh sub within the genre um do you have a like a favorite of those or one that you're like oh i'm already in
0: i would say the best friends to lovers thing is mainly the one that i'm i'll i'll say you know i'm in on is that because the kid's close to home sure the one thing when i got married was the realization of no my life is not a (laughs) rom-com so that is not reality sorry (laughs) um but yes i I love watching those ones the arc of like the guy is a player right the guy Mm. dates around the girl she's on a pedestal like he wants to get to her chaos ensues and he just he has an arc of like oh no i actually fell in love with her instead of like I'm gonna show them off to my friends. Type of thing. I think
1: a good example of that one recently—not recently, but in the last like 20 years—is Crazy Stupid Love. Yes,
0: that's definitely that's one of my favorite ones. What are some of your favorite rom-coms? Some of my favorite rom-coms are Crazy Stupid Love is up there with the traditional uh, structure of a rom-com. Obviously, I love Steve Carell, so he's right. he's the heart in a lot of movies, um, and obviously The Office. But um, and I love how it's two different. Love stories basically, and and then they can join at the end. The holiday, great Christmas one, Mm -hmm. slash Jack Black is just amazing. Of course. Uh, That one is, we always say,
1: Was Jack Black miscasted? And I always say no because, like, I don't (laughs) see anyone else playing that. (laughs) I know that is literally just Jack. If someone else is in the movie, the entire movie is different. So (laughs) uh, you got to take that as it is. Um,
0: How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is a classic, you know, McConaughey before the McConaughey love him. Um, Hitch and you know, who knows if that one yeah. has aged well, but um Will it's, Smith is great in it. Yeah. He, it, this is the height of his stardom. So
1: that's like like twenty thirteen LeBron. Right. Where he just right. is doing everything. Right. It, or maybe even like 20, 2018 LeBron where he's just he's carrying, carrying everybody, the team for sure. where, you know, not not the best surrounding cast or plot line. Um, right. but it's just the sheer superstar power.
0: But uh You've Got Mail is yep. the classic and fun story about You've Got Mail is I knew of it. But never really watched the whole thing until I started dating my wife, mm-hmm. and that's that's her, that's her every every season. This yep. is my fall movie. This is my yep. spring movie. This is my
1: whatever. Uh, that goes for the same and my partner.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely, and it's one of the best. And I was like, oh, I'm actually watching. I'm like, no, this is really good. <laughs> this is this is one of the best. I think we share some of the same favorites because we did grow up together. So we, I, <laughs> I, for some reason, only have a memory of us watching Hitch a billion. We times. We watched Hitch a lot. Yeah. And obviously, any wedding we've ever been at, Zach is doing that Albert Brenneman, uh dance
1: routine. It's like not even I. I want to bust it out. It's it's like a request. He has to, yeah. Um, it's... And not a request. I'm. I mean, a demand. <laughs> you can't but, stop it. But other than Hitch, I mean, Do I know,
0: I know you've got mail. You love. Is there any of those that you agree on?
1: I mean, you've got mail. Obviously, um, I th- that's my favorite of the Meg Ryan rom coms. Well. i think (laughs) we'll talk more about that yeah uh hitch early early favorite right um that hit us at the right time right movie star right comedy yep movie that uh i think we both love is about time yes and i'm pretty sure it's a rom-com it's it's a little rom-dram-com and i would argue it's a father-son movie (laughs) it's a fantasy movie for sure nothing bad happened i mean (laughs) someone dies but like all told everything's Okay, Um, let's get into the categories, but let's take a quick break. Bo, I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. You watched When (laughs) Harry Met Sally for the first time. Why don't you tell me what happened in this film?
0: The movie opens up with a vignette of an older couple talking about how they met, and those reoccur throughout the entire movie. So it opens up with that, and then we see Harry meet Sally for the first time, and they drive together from Chicago to New York on the way They talk about a bunch of stuff, including exes, Casablanca, and whether men and women can be friends. At one point after dinner at a diner, he makes a pass at her, which is really just him saying that she's attractive, and she rejects him, and she gets all awkward and weird, so the rest of the time, it's kind of weird on the way to New York. When they finally reach New York, they go their separate ways. Over the course of 10 years, they periodically run into each other. 10 years after their drive, they run into each other at a bookstore, and they finally catch up. Um, We learn that Harry is divorced and Sally broke up with her longtime boyfriend. At this point, they actually become friends. They talk on the phone every night. They get to know everything about each other. Um, They go on a double date with their best friends, trying to set each other up with the other person's best friend. uh, The friends Marie and Jess, played by Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby. The best friends did not like Harry or Sally, and ended up hitting it off with each other, and actually ended up getting married in the movie, so they end up together. Two years go by um, with Harry and Sally being really good friends, but things get weird when they finally sleep together, and both of them think that their friendship is ruined, and it kind of does ruin things. They fight about it, and they have a fallout, because Sally doesn't want to keep doing the same thing with him um, after all this time. Finally, it's New Year's Eve, and Harry's alone, and Sally's at a party, and Harry realizes that their friendship wasn't ruined because of sex, but it was essentially ruined because he fell in love with her. He goes to and professes his love to her, they make up, they kiss, and then it um, cuts to a vignette of the couple talking of how they met, and it's Harry and Sally. They got married three months later, only three months, well, 12 years, three months. (laughs) And the last line of the movie is both of them talking about how they both are particular about food now, which I love that ending, so. And that is basically the whole plot of the movie. There you go,
1: great job. So why did you pick this movie? This is one of the greatest modern rom-coms of all time. Some might say this is the first modern rom-com and and started that that new boom because there's a lot of you know i'm sc-
0: trying to think of what happened before this like, right what, what well there there course. are there's
1: like crossing delancey and there's like broadcast news and and other ones like that but um they're more scattershot and not as formulaic um as they were in like the 30s and 40s when you had a lot of those like spencer tracy katherine hepburn mm-hmm. um Cary grant jimmy stewart um rom-com joints and so this really opens things up and kind of lays the foundation for what rom-coms are today, um, like a lot of the traits that you were talking about of your favorite rom-coms kind of come back to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in the 90s, you have, you know, the rom-coms are dime a dozen, but this is where Nora Ephron kind of gets her first real foothold. She had heartburn a few years before this, but it didn't have that same energy. It's also a mo- movie more about divorce than it is about uh, coming together. And so this is one of the greatest not just rom-coms, but films uh, of the last forty years. So, with that in mind, why don't you tell me on your first watch what were those early impressions? What stood out to you? For me, when I was watching, I'm like,
0: "Oh, wait, that that happened to them? Oh no, th- they probably stole it from this movie." So,
1: <laughs> yeah, Amanda um, and I have talked about in previous movies. I think with uh, like Singing in the Rain recently. Yeah, um, Amanda watched it for the first time, and it's like, "Oh, every movie is referencing this movie." Yes.
0: So, things that stood out to me during this movie, it's similar to You've Got Mail, and in it, it's a fall movie. Well, it's it goes through all the seasons basically, but it's a good fall movie. If you if you're, what my wife likes to say, if you want to just in October, open up all the windows and let the nice air in, watch your fall movie, and this is one of the fall movies. So
1: there's a really good article on brightwalldarkroom.com by Carrie Corgan, and she talks about how Nora Ephron kind of constructed our ideal fall. In fall New in New York too, like, like I've never I've been, even been I, to New York. I've been to New York City in November, right. multiple times. Right. And like, I want it to be, Yeah. you know, I'm walking, I, I walk through Central Park and I'm crunching through leaves and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in When Harry Met Sally. Right. Like that's, that's like truly what I think of. And that's truly what the, um, the atmosphere and, and the vibe is. It's, it's so, uh, I guess formative.
0: I always think back to it, it's a, it's a time thing too. It's like, oh, New York in the fall, in the nineties. Like this is what it looks like.
1: Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> Other things that
0: stood out, I love how well-written this film is, it's a great dialogue film. There's so much talking. Um, I'm learning to become more and more um, interested in movies like this, so where there's just a lot of good talking and the actors are good at it. Whether, you know, When I was in high school, I was like, oh, I'm watching Transformers, I don't want, give me give me a, the least amount of dialogue possible. 100%, you know? yeah. And now I'm like, turn on my subtitles, yeah. I need my dialogue. <laughs> it's influenced so many other romantic comedies and to me, I think that's the biggest thing about this movie is it has so many tropes, so many you know quotes or references that other romantic comedies have done o- over the years, which, like I said, I've never known that that was come from this movie. <laughs> so it's always cool to be like, ah, there's the originator, you know?
1: Yeah. It, the script is so wound tight. The thing with the script, too, is what I've, I think about this movie compared with rom-coms now is... There's a lot of scenes where the movie and the characters are allowed to breathe, like you have a dinner where, um, the I Spy a family scene, and it's slower and it's just and that's just character building, mm-hmm. or Sally's lunch with her friends, uh, right? Where, where you meet Carrie Fisher, it it flushes everything out and flushes these characters out, but but quickly as well. Um, I think now that those scenes would be like scored to death or like have some pop music joint. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just be moving the plot forward but these really build out the characters
0: it would be edited to death like the cuts and all that stuff they wouldn't just let them go um and for me i feel like i've gotten into movies more than ever this past year and the thing that i'm learning when i'm watching movies is like that just letting the actors do their thing and letting it breathe and that's what i love about certain directors that just like leave the scene and Mm -hmm. leave it at one shot or don't like cut back to this whatever
1: i mean there's so many one-liners in this film too right like so There's so many favorites, but what were some of yours? It's just
0: random ones that that I was watching that I wrote down that to me, it's like, oh man. I feel like either it's written or it's Billy Crystal just doing his thing. And I I can never tell because that's how good it is. Um, When they're at the diner and he's like, if you need a root canal, Sheldon's your man. (laughs) Sheldon.
1: (laughs) To that point you were making about whether it was Billy Crystal or whether it was Nora Ephron. It was a little bit of both. Like Billy Crystal was allowed to cook a bit, Mm -hmm. um, you know, do a little ISO clear out, especially during the scene um at the museum where they're doing the chicken papercash. Oh yeah. And there's yeah. a little moment in that scene where you, you can see Meg Ryan look off to the side and she's looking at Rob Reiner and Rob Reiner's telling her to keep going with it. Yeah, yeah. And the, and then she uh, kind of rejoins the scene. Well, um,
0: that's the other thing I was I was going to say about this movie is I love that it's such a collaboration between Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. You know, she based the characters off of them basically and mm-hmm. um she's like, "All right, rob's gonna love this so let's do that and then rob's like oh she oh she's she did a great job with doing this you know and then obviously what you said billy crystal doing his thing too like um the wave scene that's dev's favorite
1: scene yeah like, it's it's a perfect comedic scene
0: now my question is was that billy crystal comedy was that rob reiner or was it like overall everyone I, because i feel like billy crystal's
1: like yeah she wants to leave me and then they do the yeah. wave oh that's rough <laughs> yeah it's so funny and what i love about that scene too is you can hear the the wave getting closer. That's so good. <laughs> the details, you know? Yeah. Um I love and it. I, th- I think that is a good example of the collaboration at hand because Bruno Kirby aces it in that scene. Billy Crystal yeah. obviously is great. And then, you know, the direction and the editing and the filmmaking and the sound design uh is all just top bins on that.
0: What I love about um the way this movie is made is, you know, the the split screens when they're on the phone, obviously. Yeah. Um, but even in the conversations um on that in that scene where they're playing uh, Pictionary, oh. and then so they're jealous of each other's boyfriend and girlfriend. And um, I wrote this 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 line down: the guy that Sally's dating, mm-hmm. and um, he's a big tall guy. And she and he's like, oh, he's a great guy. You should talk to him. He's like, no, nah, he's too tall to talk to. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I
1: I laugh harder and harder at Baby Fish Mouth every single time. Yeah, exactly. So like, can you can you put something that we can <laughs> the, understand? The, the, the arrows pointing when she's like, no idea is like definitely been there.
0: Meg Ryan is doing such a good job in this movie of being like, she's a young, naive girl, and then she she her arc is like, No, I want what I want now, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, um the scene right before they have sex for the first time and she's like, And I'm gonna be forty <laughs> and he's like, When? And she's like, Someday <laughs> He's like, in eight years, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh.
1: She just does a really good job in this movie. So mm-hmm. I feel like when you think rom com, I think some people, their brain goes it's a slighter movie or or mm-hmm. less prestigious maybe. But there are so many performances and so many great rom-coms um, in general where it's hard to be funny. And, and, mm-hmm. and actors say it all the time, like being comedic is probably the hardest thing to do. Um, well,
0: I, I couldn't agree more, and i it's never been more clear to me after watching the new Chris Evans movie. <laughs> oh,
1: is that ghosted? And
0: I don't want to talk about it too much, because I love my guy, Captain America, but um, he's not funny <laughs> in that movie. It's, it's, so. it's, it's tough.
1: <laughs> um, not everybody can be uh, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. But yeah, and and what I love, too, in going back to what you said about Nora Ephron basing the characters off of, you know, Billy Crystal off of Rob Reiner and... Meg Ryan off of herself, is that she also based the friendship of of Harry and Sally on Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner's friendship, which is hilarious, but it also makes sense like to build that friend chemistry. Well, and I can just picture
0: them on the phone every night. I, I, what, what channel? What are you watching? Like, <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. The fact that, that, that Billy Crystal and Rob Reiner were the ones talking to each other right. on the phone while watching TV. Um, do you remember That's we so used cool. to talk on the phone after school a lot? Kind of, but I don't even... It was really weird. It was like a weird pocket of time. I don't remember... I just, like, f- like home. phone calls, <laughs> I would just come home from school and call you. I don't know what we. Did would you talk. call my house phone? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This yeah. is when we had house phones. Yeah, like I forgot about that pre-cell phone, early MP3 player era. Hey, our MP3 player, our MP3 player. Yours was the sickest.
0: Mine yeah. was the best, and I like held on to it. You had a couple which were go- which were good. Yeah, but I, I held on to mine until I got an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, it was spectacular.
1: Um. Anyway, <laughs> what what else uh, stood out on your first watch? Uh,
0: Nora Ephron basing Sally kind of off of herself. She, The concept of Sally being a picky eater was based on Nora Ephron. And the funniest part is years after the movie came out, she was on a plane and she ordered something very precise. And the stewardess looked at her and said, have you ever seen When Harry Met Sally? Which I think is hilarious. <laughs> it's amazing. A couple more lines in this movie that are not just funny one-liners, but I think are a test the good writing. Mm-hmm. I love one-liners, but I also love monologues and there's mm-hmm. a lot of monologues in this movie. Yeah, of course. But at the end where he, he is realizing he's in love with her and he goes up to her New Year's and he says, I love you. And she's like, okay, you can't just say that. <laughs> I love how she didn't like immediately kiss him, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, 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 let me tell you why I love you. But at the end where he said, it's not because I'm lonely. It's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible.
1: And to me, when I was watching, it, I'm like, ah, there it is. That monologue is like. Do you remember when Steph Curry did the like dribbled through the Clippers defense and then like <laughs> shot a turnaround three? Yes. It was like he he had to weave through <laughs> all the drama that they had built through their friendship and then like chuck it up. That's good. And and then he and then he cashed it. That is the ideal rom com
0: like quality. Yeah. You know, like you need that in every rom com. You need the guy, or or vice versa. But you need the guy coming up to the girl and be like this is why I love you. And it's a test of good acting too. Like you see, it shows Matt Ryan's face and she's like crying, but she's also like realizing, you know? And yeah. So I, th-
1: I think um, two that come to mind and I, I'm not saying these are the two best of those moments ever, but two that come to mind right away is Tom Hanks in you've got mail mm-hmm. where it's uh movie drinks, dinner as long as we both shall live. Yeah. Like nobody else can deliver that, but Tom Hanks. Yeah. And then he did
0: the most Tom Hanks way ever. <laughs> and,
1: and Glenn Powell and set it up. Mm. I think that's a very underrated. I love set it up that's in general. That's such a good movie. I, it, I, it's rock solid. I'll probably watch it when I go home. But um, I think that, that's a good shout. Um, Ephron script nails both the ROM and the COM. Yes. Um, and, and and it all speaks true to the characters and speaks true to the relationships that, um, that have been built through it. Anything else?
0: Well, I think I'm going to get a hot take off. If that's all right with you. All right,
1: yeah. The, hey, this is a no judgment zone. Unless I don't
0: like your take. <laughs> and honestly, it might not be a great take, I'm just gonna run with it. I think I like I think I think like Sally Albright better than Kathleen Kelly.
1: All right, so this is, I don't know if this is a hot take for everyone, it's just a hot take for us personally and our partners. Yes. Um, so why don't you explain why this is your take and not <laughs> this is Beau's take. I actually told that to my wife today and she had this terrible
0: look on her face when she looked at <laughs> me and she was like, ah. Uh. Um, it's really half-baked, so I don't really have a good um, reason for it. Meg Ryan is so good. Yes. And I didn't say that after you got mailed. Maybe it's because of Tom Hanks. Maybe I love Tom Hanks. You know, I love Billy Crystal too, but like my first very, very first impressions as soon as I started the movie was one, okay, that's not Mike Wazowski. This is weird. And then two, <laughs> and then two, I'm like, why is why is Meg Ryan so much more likable right now? And that's why I wanted to say like Meg Ryan is great in both. Yeah. Her performance is like top notch in both. But I would say, and I love Kathleen Kelly's one of the best named character names. 100%. I love, <laughs> but I think that Kathleen Kelly, to me, is like, yeah, she's good. I, I, just, I don't know. Nothing was like fiery <laughs> to me. I don't know. She's great. But nothing was fiery to me. And uh, Sally Albright, is just she's always hysterical. She's always just in your face. And she's going to speak her mind, which I love.
1: Hey, Kathleen Kelly did learn how to go to the mattresses.
0: Um, (laughs) that's true eventually now all this to say I've never seen sleepers in Seattle so who knows what's the
1: best Meg Ryan performance all right so what have you thought about the most since watching I know you've let this one marinate and and probably have a lot of thoughts on it
0: kind of already talked about it but the the just how good the writing is Nora Ephron and I feel like I didn't really know how good Nora Ephron was obviously I love you've got mail but I didn't really think about the writing as much the first couple times I saw it um and then to know that she's just like, she's like the goat of, of the rom-com writing, <laughs> writers. I think Nora Ephron just has that, this is a rom-com writing in her style, which is what I love. And I yeah, so that's the main thing I was thinking about and main thing that I've thought about since watching.
1: My favorite Nora Ephron tick in a script is when she gets one of her leads to just go on a rant. Yeah. So I think of, uh, in, in You've Got Mail. When she's like, don't you know they're supposed to have a last name? Yeah. Like just little little rants like that. Yeah. Um. I'm just like, oh, this is Nora getting a
0: getting a takeoff. Well, this movie is full of those. I feel like because the characters of Harry and Sally, to me, I mean, they have a good arc. But in the beginning, they're not very likable. They're just like they're two people that love to hear themselves talk. Yeah. And they love to argue. In other so, words, they're
1: two kids out of college. Right. that too.
0: <laughs> but but Harry more Harry than Sally because he has the arc of like you know I'm cynical and I. Men and women can't be friends, yeah. and I'm not, you know, all this stuff. Um, but like, he's such a know-it-all in the beginning. He's like, you know what? Let me actually talk about that, and then, and then he just goes off on yeah. another tangent, whatever. Um, but it's also leads to an endearing, like that's their relationship. Yeah. They talk about everything. It's cool to like not just have a small talk. Mm-hmm. And I love how one of the, one of the scenes, he's like, oh, yeah, I went on a date, and then I resorted to small talk because, <laughs> like, that's not who he is. He yeah. wants to have these these you know uh, conversations that stimulate something, you know, in he your just brain. You're supposed to
1: have good normal chatting. Ooh. Good chatting. <laughs> <shot. laughs> don't don't bring up that movie. What else have you thought about with this movie?
0: The first thing I thought about, because I know Billy Crystal from being a comedian, but also like and he's always gonna be Mike Krizowski for me, you know. Was, we were kids when we saw that movie, so he's always gonna be Mike Krizowski, His voice. But his looks, I'm like, okay. He looks kinda old mm-hmm. and and you know, Meg Ryan is is a lot younger than this movie. And that was the first thing I looked up about this movie. And he was actually 41 and she was 27, which is not a big, crazy
1: difference, but I can tell. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a testament to Billy Crystal's charm that I'm like, yeah, this this makes sense. He pulls Mm -hmm. this off, Mm -hmm. even though he's not as maybe conventionally attractive as you would think. That's what I've always wondered. Is Tom Hanks
0: and Meg Ryan in the same league? I don't know like <laughs> Nick Ryan's really pretty Tom Hanks is not a great looking guy but
1: <laughs> I think that's also a hot take
0: but it works I, yeah to, maybe so
1: you have to watch sleepless in Seattle and then it'll okay unlock, maybe, yeah. like young hot Tom Hanks who is not also a 13 year old and big because it's, it's weird to call Tom Tom Hanks hot in big because he's playing a 13 year old but to to your point uh, also I think this the the outfits in this movie are amazing and Billy Crystal, I think, it's now iconic. It's been like TikTok to death. Is like that white sweater, that fisherman's sweater. Yeah, that's a good, uh, yeah. Like Levi 501 jeans, white sneakers. I would
0: honestly wear that. I love how Meg Ryan is always, she's always going to be on on her top of her game. Like mm-hmm. they're walking through the park and she's like wearing that, to- that hat yeah, and a yeah. cool coat. Like, are
1: you going somewhere after this? <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else that you looked up or thought about a lot?
0: I always look up, has won any awards, like... Is this movie actually good or do I just think, you know, I'm kind of realizing a lot of that about myself. The more I get into movies is like, oh, no, that movie wasn't good when I was a kid. Or it was good as a kid, but it's not really actually good. Or right. there's some that stand at a test of time that are actually good. So
1: Yeah. You're just trying to contextualize all these old right. movies.
0: So this movie was nominated for one Oscar, which was a screenplay mm-hmm. by Nora Ephron, which makes sense. Not to say that Oscars mean everything because I don't really think they do for me personally, but I always yeah. love the accolades too so <laughs> what right
1: like that's the reason that i care about the oscars is not because like i think the best movie always wins best picture but it is like one of the few barometers we have yeah to look at movie history and be like which movies mattered right which is why i always get annoyed whenever movies i think should have been nominated or acknowledged don't anyway i'm getting annoyed the more i'm watching leonardo DiCaprio movies and he's only won one oscar <laughs> yeah exactly no that's always a travesty do you have any other questions about this movie
0: so, Amanda, Harry's girlfriend that the movie opens up with, he's just making out with her, and uh-huh. then Sally drives up. When I watched him, I was like, confused. I'm like, wait, she's not driving him to New York? Her roommate is? This doesn't make any sense to me. Did they explain that at all? Or is it just like, hey, this is my friend Sally. She's going to drive you. Cool, thanks. Now, nothing happened on the drive.
1: Right. Which well, was, if he did make a pass at her.
0: Right. But, yeah, I guess he did. But, <laughs> but like, nothing happened as far as, like, he could have been a killer. You know, he could have been anything.
1: <laughs> I mean,. It, it, it's the eighties, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're like, oh, I have a friend going in the same direction as you, right? Right. <laughs> uh, you, you can catch a ride. And Amanda and Sally were friends, right? Um, they said that, so there's a mutual connection there as well. Um, but it's just a different time too. And then my other question was, do did they talk about what they do for work? Yes. Did, was he a lawyer or something? What was? No, he... he was a political consultant. Oh right, okay. And then she was a a, a journalist. Okay. But they never never shows them working. Like there's like one scene where you see Sally like typing on an old computer, but that's about it. Okay. Yeah, in fact their she jobs. She typed more as Kathleen Kelly, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> their jobs don't really matter. Uh the jobs that matter more are Marie and Jess. Yes. Or actually just Jess, because you have to know that he's a magazine writer. Right, uh, right. <laughs> truly. <laughs> it's such a a, good scene. It is a dream of mine to have Carrie Fisher just quote back an article I've written back to me, <laughs> me on accident. <laughs> I can't believe she did that because to me, her, her character of Marie, she
0: dates married guys, but there's more to her, right? And she was like, oh, I heard this quote, and he's like, yo, I wrote
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and now today they'll just be like, oh, I read this tweet that da-da-da-da-da. Right. Hey, quoted my tweet. What, what, was it restaurants in the 80s, or what theater t- what she people's like, in the 60s?
0: <laughs> I have a question that just came, popped into my mind. Yes, It shows them, because it's gone through multiple years, it goes, shows them him helping her get a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and then the next year she got the Christmas tree by herself. She brought it all the way up to her apartment, threw it on the side. It looked like a toy. How can we don't ever get to see that tree up? Like, we ne- <laughs> we never get to see that. <laughs>
1: Honestly, the best explanation I could give you is maybe they didn't want to pay for the Christmas lights. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and design, like, a whole Christmas situation in the apartment. Also, whose apartment? Is it his, the big one, where they were? Where no. they roll the carpet yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, his, right? Okay. His. But, and there's, like, other small parts. Like, do you remember in the meal they get in the I Spy Family and... She talks about like uh, her and her ex never did have like spontaneous kitchen sex. Yeah, and they talk about the Spanish tile. Yeah. So in the scene where uh, he comes over and they're about to have sex, it shows the kitchen, but he always stands kind of just in the way of the tile. Oh. So they probably didn't get the Spanish tile into the <laughs> kitchen, but they paid attention to that to make sure that he blocked it so you didn't see it. Yeah, the con- the continuity. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent.
0: Do you have any remaining questions or comments?
1: we haven't talked about it in depth too much yet, but the like secret sauce of this movie is the best friend characters. Yes. Um, Carrie Fisher as Marie and Bruno Kirby as Jess to so just knock it out of the park. If it was just Harry and Sally, it would be good, but they really put it over the top and mm-hmm. make it great, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to like talk a little bit about them and did you enjoy the their dynamic? Because Carrie Fisher, this is like the fourth movie you'll watch her in because you'll see her in like three Star Wars movies and then this. And this was like, Six or seven years after the last Star Wars movie, she was exactly. In. <laughs> Obviously, I love
0: Carrie Fisher. It's like weird to see her in a movie like this, and to see her like, "Oh yeah, I like this dude with a mustache. He's not Harrison Ford." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's true. But I think their chemistry is great. Even before they even met, like like the the batting cages scene and all that, like when they're talking about, it, they're just such good friends to them. Like they could do no wrong, basically. Yeah. Um, as their friends, because they're like, all right, you know what, man, I'm just gonna either give you advice or just be here to listen, and that's yeah. just
1: like what you want with your friends, you know. I promise you, I will never like that table. Yeah, <laughs> is is such a is a pitch perfect, um, delivery from Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of, just the the phone call scene after mm-hmm. Harry that's and Sally like, finally yeah, hook that's up. One. Um. So I don't know if you saw this in the research, but they did that. They were all in like the same room together when they cut that. So they did it live. Yeah, me... Oh, yes. And so that's how they got the timing of all the, yes. the lines. But it took them more than 60 takes. That's crazy. And apparently on like take 55 or something like that, they nailed it. And then Bruno Kirby messed up his last line <laughs> <laughs> when they hung up. But Jeez. And even down to, like they had to get the timing of hanging up the phones at the same time. So it was like... Mm-hmm. Like in a satisfying way. Because I'm weird. The The first thing that popped in
0: my head with that scene was as soon as they all hang up, I'm like, why do they each have their own
1: phone next to the bed? <laughs> like on each side of the bed. Why don't they just have one phone? <laughs> they live together. That's a that's a great point. That's a great <laughs> shout. Uh, I've never thought about that. Uh, <laughs> and now I'll, that's, uh, that's all I will think yeah, about. Yeah, right. Um, no, the scene is great. So so in honor of them, uh, in, in honor of Jess Marie, what are some other side characters or best friends that you've enjoyed in rom-coms? um
0: Carrie Fisher's on on the list cuz she's just great. Um I love Dave Chappelle in, <laughs> in oh, You Got New Mail. Cameo.
1: He's like, "Well, if you don't like Kathleen <laughs> Kelly." Right, right. That's my <laughs> that's
0: one of my favorite scenes. Frances McDormand in Something's Got to Give. Yeah,
1: 100%.
0: Now, Frances McDormand is someone that I know is a good actress, but I've only seen her in like two different, two things. Like she's one she's like nominated for all these Oscars all the time and wins a bunch. But I've only seen her in like Three Billboards, which I did not like that movie. <laughs> we watched that together. Oh yeah, we did. Okay. But Something's Got to Give, I'm like I don't know why I like her in this like uh, um, supporting character role, but she's great. I love her.
1: So who are some of your other favorites? I love
0: Catherine Hahn in um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Absolutely. Catherine Hahn obviously is like big and huge now that she's been in like multiple um, things that everyone's seen. But back in the day, she was in so many things. Like I know her yeah. from Step Brothers and she's a oh, random right. character, a crazy lady in Step Brothers. But even, this was even before that. So when I watched this for the first time not too long ago, I was like, oh, Kevin Hahn. And then she just ends up being one of the best characters. This one's one of my favorites. Ula from 51st States. <laughs> that counts. <He's>, he is, <laughs> he is uh, Adam Sandler's best friend. And um, even though Rob Schneider is doing the most with this he's, pigeon Rob accent. Rob Schneider's being Rob Schneider. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's great. Um, but he's one of the best friends, I think. And then this one, the movie's not good, if you've ever seen it. What Happens in Vegas. Uh-huh. I used to watch that all the time. It's with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher, Cameron Diaz. I used to think it was good. Should be great. Right. I rewatched it and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> um, but I love Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz in rom yeah. Um Lake Bell is her best friend. Yes. And this was the first thing I ever saw Lake Bell in. And she is so funny in it. And I forgot the, the guy's best friend name. I forgot the actor's name. But they're both great together. And you would think, like, actually I think it was making fun of like the two side best friends get together because they didn't get together. Yeah. But they ended up like, being okay with each other at the end, but they're like killing each other the whole movie. Anyway, Lake Bell's really funny in that. So those are the couple of one of my favorite
1: side characters slash best friends. What about you? I think we both had this written down as well. Um, just really quickly. Uh, Pete Davidson's actually really good in set it up. <laughs> I totally forgot <laughs> to mention him. He's so good in that movie. And that was my first kind of experience with Pete Davidson. Cause I don't really watch SNL. I think me, I think me too. Yeah. And I, I was all in and obviously Pete Davidson is now Pete Davidson. Um, Judy Greer has been a great best friend in 27 dresses and the wedding planner. I've never seen either one of those movies
0: but I know Judy Greer and y- you forgot one even though she's not technically the best friend this one 13 going on 30 oh yeah she's kind of the bad guy of the movie but she's also the best friend kind yeah, of yeah
1: yeah they're like of frenemy she's great um Judy Greer and Catherine Hahn kind of like they are two different brands yeah two different flavors of the same kind of I like them both thing Rosie O'Donnell in Sleepless in Seattle is another great one um another Nora Ephron cut Spike from Notting Hill also, never seen Notting Hill. There's a lot of '90s it's, it's ones the, that I haven't seen. It's the dude from The Replacements, the kicker. Oh, <laughs> um, the leg. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah no, I know him. And then another one I actually really love is uh, Aquafina in Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, she's I've, a scene stealer for sure.
0: She's great, and I've seen her in other things, but. Again, again, Crazy Rich Asians, I've also never seen. You know what's weird about this pod is that I'm on it and it's a rom-com pod and I've never seen a
1: lot of rom-coms. I host a movie podcast about <laughs> the amount of movies I haven't seen. Um, does Albert Brenneman count as a best friend character in Hitch? I was, I was going to put him down. He feels like
0: he's too much of a main character. But is Hitch the best friend? I, I, I know that Will Smith is the main character of the movie, mm-hmm. but of the couples, yeah, Hitch and Eva Mendez's character are the side couple. So, this is what, that's why I didn't write it down, but I was thinking about Albert Brenneman. So, <laughs>
1: Hitch is a strange movie. Hitch's plot, have you ever thought about that recently? It's a weird plot. Yeah. She's a gossip columnist who's like reporting on the dating scene. I don't know why it's like,
0: it never, I never cared because Will Smith yeah. was so good. Like, it's Will Smith. I gotta, you know, he's
1: he's too charming. Did you know Cameron Diaz was going to be Eva Mendes? Yeah. Last bit is, um, you know, you've talked about the chemistry and how great. Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal are together. Do you have any other favorite rom-com couples? Um, just speaking to the chemistry and the performance of it.
0: Um, Kate Hudson and, and McConaughey in Ten, Had uh, to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Mm-hmm. They're those two actors have the best chemistry in my in my opinion because they're in multiple movies. They're in you know the the Fool's Gold one, which wasn't a good movie. Yeah, um, but they're great in it. By the way, head cannon: they get married in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days and become treasure hunters. It's <laughs> it's very easy. Kathleen Kelly, Joe Fox. I would say Harry and Sally obviously too, but this is another thing.
1: I don't. I don't want to keep comparing. You've Got Mail to Harry Met Sally. And what's funny is most people kind of like when Harry Met Sally is kind of there, but it's usually Sleepless in Seattle versus You've Got Mail, right? Obviously, because it's the same
0: people. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I gotta see that one first to yeah. do it. Um, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone in Crazy Stupid Love, spectacular obviously. chemistry. And then obviously they reprise it in <laughs> La La Land. I need them to get back together for a movie. Yeah, they really do, because they're so good together. Um, they make they really make the movie that side of the movie. That's why it's such a good movie because you have Steve Carell doing his thing but then you have those two just, just cooking on that side. 100%. Um, and then even though we kind of talked about that this isn't technically a rom-com but it is Mary and Tim um, in About Time. It's just one of my favorite movies and they are, you can just tell that they're, they're in love. Yeah, what, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the whole time, you know. One more thing about Pete Davidson in in Set It Up. <laughs> He's so good in that film. And I love uh, Zoe Deutsch, is that her name? Uh huh. Her chemistry with Pete Davidson is just as good. Oh yeah! Because I love the first scene when they're like, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do this." He's like, "No, you two can't be friends." He's <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, we're gonna just gonna hang out." <laughs> um, I, that's why I love Pete Davidson that movie. I don't know why. I, I just wanted to bring that up because he's just really good.
1: So, yeah. what about you with the rom com couples? Set It up's getting a lot of love uh, here today, it's but true. Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell are spectacular together and I need them to be in another rom-com and I'm really upset that Glenn Powell is instead being in a rom-com with Sidney Sweeney. Yeah. They're to pretend that they have the same amount of chemistry and I know they don't. I don't think they will. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to like it. Um, Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell in Four Weddings and a Funeral, um, also a good one. That's also a movie that we have not brought up at all, but also a good cast of, of Best Friends. We forget about Hugh Grant was a big rom-com guy. <laughs> um, I love Cameron Diaz and Jude Law. In the holiday? Yes. I was going to talk about this
0: because I wanted to pick them, but like Kate Winslet and Jack Black are just as good. Do See. we compare the two of the movie or do we pick one of the movie? I mean, you can pick both, but yeah. I like being in England
1: more. Well, I like Mr. Napkin Face right. or whatever, it's, whatever it is.
0: <laughs> the thing about them is they are like falling in love. Yeah. And then when it shows Kate Winslet, she's more with the old, old man and her neighbor and then Jack Black is like I, I guess like they fall in love too at the end maybe, but like it's not as romantic. <laughs> no. It's more like Kate Winslet getting over the other guy and things like that. So I,
1: the thing, I think the thing with Kate Winslet and Jack Black in that movie is I don't think they have great chemistry no. together. Yeah, they don't. Um, which is where that kind of falls short. Um, and then this movie isn't really a rom-com, um, but I just wanted to give them a shout. Omar Epps and Sanaa Lathan are 10 out of 10 great in Love and Basketball one of the best chemistry
0: movies but uh, i mean it's only comedic to like us <laughs> you know it's like it's, 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 it's actually
1: not comedic at all right. it's just a straight romance movie but i just wanted to throw them in i there. think the biggest joke is who are you taking to prom spalding <laughs> <laughs> so good um the last thing i just wanted to mention is uh, why i think Nora efron is so not to be like dude mansplaining Nora efron to <laughs> i don't know everyone but I, I do think she one of her big influences is she emphasized like the women characters and kind of fleshed them out and gave them more um agency maybe than they had been in like previous rom coms and in previous decades. Mm-hmm. And that influence has then just reverberated throughout like every single movie after that. And I think that can't go un- unspoken. Um do you think they stay together? I know they get married.
0: Yes, I think they do. You think they stay together? Yes, because after knowing each other for like 12 years and the way that he stayed like that, you know, the fact that they are like finally being honest with themselves. Yes, I think they stay together.
1: Yeah, I think that the, also like their ability to intellectually stimulate one another. Yes. um, That's something that... Here's the bigger question. Do you think Marie and Jess stay together? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think they're all hanging out, um, just getting brunch at a it's at a really
0: good that month. marie or jess are not attracted at all to yeah. harry and sally
1: <laughs> yeah no it's a perfect little foursome i'm sure they maybe they had like a little weird little phase where like they didn't hang out with each other or whatever but those are the couple friends for life for sure um which is something that we all search for one last question would you watch a sequel of this movie like think about it like if they did it now which you can't do it now because Nora Ephron uh passed away let me let me pitch it to you okay so it's when harry left sally oh god <laughs> <laughs> And something happened, and they got they got divorced, and then and then it's them getting back together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd watch that. And like, I don't know. Um, uh, Billy Lord is in the movie, and she's like, she's Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher's kid because she's literally Carrie Fisher's kid, <laughs> and she's like the daughter slash like surrogate niece character. Um. Yeah, I would watch that sequel. I
0: think. Um, you know me, I don't want them to get a divorce. <laughs> no, you see so you see it after the fact. Okay. I think so it's kind of like the Philadelphia story. Okay. I think I would I think I would watch that for sure. Okay. It's kinda giving me even though I've never seen the third the third uh installment, it's kind of giving me the uh before
1: sunrise before midnight vibes. Oh man I can't wait for you to watch before midnight. <laughs> what a special film. Um would you watch this movie again? Yes. Yes I would. Um just really quickly, uh the new category that Amanda and I have started is just recommending more movies like this. Um so We've talked about a lot of them, but obviously the North Ephron connections, just Sleepless in Seattle. Um, you've got Mail. If you want more Big Ryan, you can watch something like French Kiss or um, IQ. Mm. Uh, and then modern rom-coms. There hasn't been as many, but I do really like Crazy Rich Asians. I do really like Set It Up, like we said. And then if you wanted to throw it back and kind of see an old one, um, the original Enemies to Lovers rom-com is It Happened One Night. Mm. Um, it's a real formative one. Just like how when Harry met Sally, you'll see shades of it in every single movie. If you go back and watch It Happened One Night, you'll see shades of every single movie that has been kind of riffed off of of that one. Yeah. Um, and The Philadelphia Story is another one of my favorites.
0: You know what I was going to put on that list was
1: a newer rom-com that just came out this past year on Amazon called I Want You Back. Oh, with, that one was solid. With Jenny Slate and Charlie Day. Yeah, that's a good one. Um all right. Well, you did it. Good job. You have Thank now you. watched When Harry Met Sally. You've done a Blind Spotters pod. So as we round out here, if you could have given me a rom-com to watch that I haven't seen, uh, what would be the first few that come to mind? So the
0: funny part about this is, and I ever since you made this pod, I was like, could I be on this pod with Zach? Because I feel like we've seen all the same movies. And Turns we, we, we realize we have not. <laughs> um, but at the same time, he has seen a lot of movies over the past couple years and I am just getting right into it. But a couple of rom-coms that I know that you haven't seen, these are on the the cusp of being, are they rom-coms? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Midnight in Paris Mm -hmm. is one of mine and my wife's favorite movies. Um, We don't really care for Woody Allen, but we love the movie. So it's Owen Wilson. He's great. He's a writer and he is in Paris and he's just, the vibes are all there. Is
1: Tom Hiddleston in this
0: movie? So Tom Hiddleston is in this movie because of the plot is, and I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, the yeah. plot is at midnight in Paris, he goes back in time and it's the 1920s. Oh, fascinating. So it's 20s in Paris. And Tom Hiddleston plays a great character that I'm not going to name, but um, he's great. So,
1: I mean, as someone who is a Before Sunset guy over Before Sunrise, just barely, like it's really speaking to my soul, I definitely made an itinerary for myself one of the days I was in Paris strictly to just walk the route that they do in Before Sunset, and it made me very happy. So similar routes
0: in Midnight in Paris, another one is called A Good Year. It's a an older, it's like two thousand six um, romance movie with Russell Crowe and um, Marion Cotillard. She's actually in from Midnight. Inception. Yes, she's in Midnight in Paris as well, though. Oh. so she's in both of these. Maybe I just like her. I don't know. Russell Crowe is fantastic in this movie. It's not really comedy. There's 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 a couple funny parts, but it's not really comedy. But it's also not a drama. Um, and then the last one is one that I thought we really watched together as kids because I watched a billion times with my family and my siblings. Heart and Souls, mm-hmm. classic RDJ movie. Um, it's less of a rom-com and more of a ensemble uh-huh. because he has a bunch of dead people, souls, um, following him around. But it's really funny and it's really it has a lot of heart in it. It's funny because we talk about Only You a lot, which is yes. the RDJ versus Which is another
1: movie I hadn't seen until a couple years ago. Which And I kind of knew you hadn't seen that
0: one, but I just did not know you hadn't seen Heart and Souls, which is not as romantic, like I said, but I think it's a better
1: overall movie than only you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So those are some great recommendations. I'll definitely add that to my extensive list of movies that I'm going to watch. (laughs) But uh, as far as you, what is on your watch list?
0: I've gotten this down of the way I watch movies is I wait for my daughter to go to sleep. I start it. And if I can get an hour in without her waking up, Great. And then, you know, however many days it takes me, I just watch it hour by hour. <laughs> yeah. may not be the best way to watch the movie, but hey, You got to do what you got to do. I'm retaining it. Um, so a big one on my, on my watch list, which just everyone I'm around just telling you, got to watch it, you got to watch it. And because Scorsese is coming out with a new movie, yep. I've watched a bunch of Scorsese movies prior to this, and everyone's like, oh, his best one's Goodfellas. And I just still have not watched it. I know it's going to be good. I know it's a gangster movie. De Niro, uh, what's, uh, Joe Pesci. Ray Great. Liotta. Great, Lyoto, great. You know, I know it's good. I know it's gonna be good. And I know I'm gonna like it. I just have not watched it yet. So that's I'm on my. So excited for that. <laughs> thank you. That's on my uh, watch list. And then Sleepless in Seattle, obviously. Maybe that's the next pod. Who knows? And then um, Before Midnight, because I watched the first two before Before series. I like Before Sunrise better, the first one. Yeah. Um, because they were both on HBO Max at the time. Now it's Max. Um, <laughs> but now, but Before Midnight was nowhere. And to me, I love the headcanon and the continuity. I'm like, ah, oh, 20 years later and they're together?
1: Give me that. You know, this is great. Our chance to get a fourth movie kind of passed because nine years pa- uh in 2022. Has, it, has that been It's been the... every nine years. Okay, okay.
0: Um, and they didn't Well, they right. can, it can be set in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we, we but can, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch that one. It's just not on anything streaming right now. So.
1: Oh my God, I just watched a movie called But I'm a Cheerleader. Um, it's a core like gay text. And Julie Delpy shows up oh. for like- Thirteen seconds and she's credited as lipstick lesbian. <laughs> which is incredible. Is it right. old? She's she's uh, young enough? It's in the nineties. Have okay. you seen Russian doll? Or N- no. Um but you know that actor? Yes. She is the lead in But I'm a cheerleader. Uh, Natasha, Natasha Leon? Leon. Yeah. yeah. I've seen Poker Face. Oh, I need the new one. Poker Face. Poker Face is amazing. I love Ryan Johnson. Anyway, I'm excited for you to watch all of those. Uh, yes. And those impending texts, especially since like your season is over and I'm sure you have more time. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about that, but um, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> you know, if LeBron <laughs> retires, he's not going to retire. No, he's not. Well, on my watch list, I have, uh, speaking of old faves, uh, You Hurt My Feelings, uh, it's the movie coming out pretty shortly, or it might be already out by the time you listen to this, with Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've heard it's a fun hangout movie. Um, I'm excited to watch it. Um, Another movie I'm excited to watch is Barcelona, the Walt Stillman joint. He did Last Days of Disco and Metropolitan, and Barcelona was another one of the, I think he called the Bourgeois Trilogy, just chatty, kind of pretentious yuppies uh, talking to each other, so I definitely want to watch that. And then the last one is Without Limits, which is a Robert Town directed joint um, starring Billy Crudup it's a sports movie um, that I've heard is pretty underrated and and pretty strong, so... uh, definitely have a lot to to get to there um but thank you so much for listening Uh, i appreciate you guys just popping in for uh this bonus episode to listen to me and my best friend chat about uh, an all-time classic when harry met sally but thank you for listening you can always find an episode of blind spotters the second tuesday of every single month hopefully you can do more of these bonus episodes maybe amanda will get uh someone on mic to talk about a movie probably a horror movie that i'm too scared to watch <laughs> um, or something like that and i'm sure bo if you'll uh appear again we'll, we'll get you back on we got uh, some pod. sports movies or something you know sports movies <laughs> rom-coms uh fellas, any of it <laughs> i'm all for it you can follow the pod on instagram at Spotters pod and on twitter at blindspotters um bo where can people find you
0: I'm on Instagram at Bosef B-E-A-U-S-E-P-H,
1: Bosef. And you can find me on Twitter at Zach Club And as always, you can find the both of us on Letterboxd. Yes, I love Letterboxd. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me on. Bye. Um, and also, uh, when we go to the restaurant, I'm going to order a pie, but I like the pie heated. And I don't want ice cream on top. I want it on the side, but I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream. But only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Just a pie, but not heated.